This is the Helena Hancock Podcast, episode 56. Being grumpy, now good. Real authors bite back. And Jed, we can. Podcasting live from London, this is Gary, Patrick and Heather, the absolute antidote to the power of positive thinking. Ha <laughs> ha Power of positive thinking. Oh. Yeah. Bar humbug. We don't have on the list of things we were going to talk about this week, talking about the, the Royal Mail strikes, because we've kind of done that to death. But I had this great experience yesterday. I was having a um, lunch with a, with a colleague in the pub, um, and it's one of these like uh, pubs where a lot of people seem to get together for a Friday drink. You know those kind of pubs. And, yeah. and in walks a guy, obviously for his Friday pint, uh, but he was a postman. And a voice from across the bar shouted out, Where's my letters? Was he wearing his uniform? Yeah, he was in his high vis vest, so he was kind of slightly up. Did he say anything? No, I just giggled. But he didn't say anything. No, no. I think it was it was kind of in good spirit, really. But it was very funny. <laughs> yes, no, I'm quite enjoying this. You know, there's this BBC ad for the Sarah Jane Adventures where they have to pick the um, pick the villain from the lineup, yeah. and the villain turns out to be the postman. And the, yeah. the clue is, you know, um, oh, you know, because it was the evening and he had a sack full of mail, and it's just like, no, the clue should be that he's actually delivering mail. He can't be a real <laughs> yeah. postman. <laughs> yes, he's actually got a sack full of mail. <laughs> Every now and again, something comes along which just tells you that you're doing the right thing, that your way of thinking is absolutely correct. And this new story came out which justifies everything we've been doing on this podcast. Story reads, in a bad mood, don't worry, according to research, it's good for you. Ah, excellent. It's great. We always need it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't bother reading any more of the article. That's all I needed to know. (laughs) I love how also the guy, the guy who did this research um, has also found out that miserable wet days are much better for you than sunny days, which I thought was brilliant. Apparently, on a on a miserable day, your your memory is better and you're a lot more attentive to things. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So he found that he found that previously. This guy sounds like a star. Like what great research to do. And now his most recent thing is to find that if you're grumpy. You are a lot better at decision making, a lot less gullible, a lot. You're much better at kind of apparently expressing yourself. Not that that necessarily goes for for me, but anyway. No, Imagine no. if I was happy, I'd be, uh, I'd be even worse. So, so, so miserable people are better at decision making and are less gullible. Do you believe that, Patrick? Yep. <laughs> is, is that is I that you? I completely believe that. I've taken it on board without questioning at all. <laughs> it's it, it's your new reason for living. It's 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 just. But you know who's funding this research? Really? I, mean, <laughs> I love it. Patrick's grumpy about the research. <laughs> why is this man being paid money <laughs> to, you know, talk about the weather? Well, he's in Australia, so you don't have to worry. It's not oh, your taxes. It's tax. not our taxes. <laughs> yeah, right. it's not our taxes. <laughs> they can pay for it. <laughs> well, companies and magazines will put this research uh, into being to get promotion for themselves a lot of the time. Otherwise, um, it's very unlikely we would have quoted Australian Science Magazine on this podcast. You mean you don't have a subscription? Uh, Mine elapsed actually a while back. (laughs) 
keep me into it. Well, we know thought... what to get you for Christmas now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's hard to know, isn't it? Because you wouldn't imagine that there'd be like a drug company that would have an interest in this because, you know, they don't they don't sell pills to make you grumpier. No. Maybe they're of it but um but yeah as you said magazines and i don't know i mean i just you could probably get research grants for anything really <laughs> these days, <laughs> these do, you, days. Do, you, do you think um that when they come up with this research so people spend days and days and days and hours and weeks and months coming up with this research data they get all of the facts together they get it all ready to go do you think anybody takes any real notice of it well, no, well, of course. Really? Because it's look, but look how much publicity it got. And I've got absolute proof that that's a fact. That when you do all of this research, nobody takes any notice of it. Proposed reforms of MPs' expenses are in doubt after the head of the body charged with rewriting the rules said he might not implement them at all. Oh, <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I, I think this is just the knights of the realm going back to uh, days of yore and it's just like you know um you know sir blah blah can't really come up with the answer because i sir blah blah have the answer um <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous so so this, we've been having this um it's ex- black out of there. <laughs> It sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's very if, Blackadder. I, yeah. I mean, I, mean if, 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 uh, I almost think that they need to do a Blackadder around the expenses thing. It would be, be great, wouldn't it? It, it would be yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um, so they've come up with all of these things. We were talking, I think, last week that they've actually now got all of these rules in place. They so were all good to go. So, um, so Christopher Kelly was the guy that put the report together and gave all the recommendations. He now stands over to Sir Ian Kennedy, who said that he's not actually sure he's going to implement everything what a joke <laughs> mm. i know why why go through all that bother you know but I, mean, I think that happens all the time doesn't it you know uh, they because they, they commission make people. it right no. <laughs> i suppose it's true because they commission reports but they don't have to accept them no no but i think on this one i think it's um a whole a whole load of nonsense actually that he's not going to accept it because Everybody knows that, they ha- that these things have to change. All of the MPs want the change because they want all of this to go away and they want people to stop looking at their duck houses. And I, I really think that they probably will. But I think he's just being very, very sort of um, Middle England and saying, well, actually, I need to make it quite clear that I'm the man and this is my decision. <laughs> you demand. <laughs> I love the original politicians saying, I demand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, but, you know... Oh, well, I mean, all this lot will be gone in six months anyway, so, you know, it's a bit of arguing over nothing. But, you know, you just have to wonder, how out of touch can you be? Mm. Obviously a lot. Yes, very. Mm. I don't think it really matters what brand of government's in, though, because the expenses thing is pretty across the board, isn't it? So they'll, you know, they'll either accept it or not, but I don't think it matters really who's in power. Yeah. Mm. As it were. It was like saying the sky is blue, isn't it? <laughs> the sky is blue today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. It's lovely today, yeah. Well, Sorry. It's a very nice day out, isn't yeah. it? Yes, I walked to the shop to buy my newspaper this morning. It was very nice. We probably shouldn't do this podcast on sunny days. <laughs> I know. It won't be as, as good. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't think of anything on a sunny day. No. 
So um, we, we, we launched our new feature last week. It all went to hell in a handcart when, <coughs> and we had a jolly good discussion about the interweb. Um, so um, just to remind you that this is the part of the podcast where we try to pinpoint where it all wrong went wrong. We know the world is going to hell in a handcart, uh, but was there one moment in history, one invention, one speech, one TV show, one person we can hold up and say, yes. Jed, we can. It all went to, sorry, just threw that in, uh, went to hell in a handcart when. Um, TV dinners became ready meals in the 1950s. Um, it was a company called Swanson who made them, and um, Americans could really enjoy, after a really hard day at work, um, a nice TV dinner in front of a warm TV. Uh, in the late 70s, the TV dinner hit the UK, and the ready meal was born. The first one was a chili con carne made by Northern Foods for Marks and Sparks. Uh, now you can hardly find the stuff that you actually would want to make food from scratch in your supermarket for the rows and rows and rows of ready meal pizzas, curries and shepherd's pie lining the shelves. So I say it all went to hell in a handcart when TV dinners became ready meals. Yes, I, well, of course, I'm old enough to remember when these came out, and they, they were very exciting. They were sort of <laughs> the thing for a while. And uh, But did you know Britain eat, Britain um, consumes more ready meals than the rest of Europe combined? I don't, I don't doubt yes. that for a second. Yes, that's no, so my... Um, my uh, from my time working at a supermarket, a, a real growth area. Mm. Even now, yeah. And I, I don't know. I just think, you know, and I know it's going to make me sound like a Guardian reader, which I am. But um, <laughs> but you know, they're expensive. They're not very nice. You know, why not just you know boil some pasta and make a sauce? It takes ten minutes. Yeah. 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 I mean, if they were nice, you know, it's like you know, like. You know, pizza's not very good for you, and it's not great, but it can be really nice. Oh yeah, mm. it's not so. Um, you know, it's not it's not so much that, but it's just those ready meals are always horrible. Yeah, because I actually think the pizzas are probably the only thing that. Well, but I tend to do the thing which is kind of half cheating of buying the sort of plain cheese and tomato pizza and then putting a load of olives and extra bits on it to, to make it more interesting rather than buying one with loads of different toppings um, just because I think they there's something there's a slight kind of plasticky taste you get with things that have been that are totally ready meal um, mm. Um, well, could that could that be because when you but when you buy a pizza from a supermarket and especially if it's a supermarket owned brand pizza, the ingredients they use on them may not be the most expensive and of the highest quality, and may be yeah, and, may, and maybe actually have those kind of things that give them a longer shelf life. I don't know. I'm just yeah. guessing. No, probably. Oh, gosh, Gary, you're on fire today. <laughs> Can we have some more cynicism? <laughs> So the um, the ready meals just are horrible, aren't they? And I've I've often kind of tried them, thinking, oh well, you know this this claims to be whatever, and it just and I find that they never warm up properly either. No, they're always no, kind of always cold, cold in the middle. middle. Yeah, mm. drives me crazy. So then it's you either burn it. <laughs> you either burn the whole thing so that you know you're eating this burnt food in order to have it hot enough, or or it just oh I just think they're um I, I don't use them at all. I agree with you. Just if you boil some vegetables even and throw I don't know some cheese with them, <laughs> you're gonna have it's, that's still going to be nicer, isn't it? You know, yeah, I no, that's the thing. I'm trying not I, you know I'm not meaning to be snobbish about it. I'm not doing the whole you know you should always cook from scratch and blah blah because you know I have takeaway food and yeah, but the Ready meals just aren't nice. I don't know 
what the attraction is. Mm. And what annoys me, I, I went across to um, the um, uh, the small version of one of the larger supermarket chains, you know, one of the convenience branches of, 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 a, of a well-known supermarket chain, and I, I wanted just to get some potatoes to have with my dinner, just some potatoes, and could I find an actual potato in this shop? No, I could find packets that I could microwave uh, that had butter and stuff in them. Oh, I could find, um, you know, mashed potato that also needed microwave. And hello, I don't own a microwave. I can't do these things. So I had to walk out of this um, supermarket, mini supermarket, with no potatoes. That's a bit oh, dark. I, yeah. I probably could have found a tin of potatoes, but that isn't going to work either. <laughs> yes, you could have had tin potatoes or um, that instant mashed potato. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, smash. Mm. Smash, yeah. Mm. <laughs> you, just, you just have to boil the kettle. <laughs> yeah. What's your problem, Carrie? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just really wish i mean I, I don't have anything against these things i think that convenience in this modern world is a good thing but i just wish these things could either be made better or could um just be you know <laughs> give me the options to get the other stuff as well is, is what i ask yes yeah <clears throat> uh, fair enough I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. But then, can any can any food when it's when it's actually made on mass be any good? I mean, it's like when you go on the plane. Um, it, 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 that's about the only time that you, I will uh, have to eat something which is pretty much a ready meal. Oh, and it's usually disgusting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you you know what you expect, and then, you know, to be fair to the aeroplanes, you know, you you're not gonna really expect the best no from those conditions, are you? But no, it depends it's on. Only, it, only it does... in first class, isn't it? That they because they cook to order there. Do they? Yeah, yeah. You can order whatever you want. They'll make you an omelette or yeah. I mean, not that I've ever travelled in first class, but I, you know, I've spoken to people who have, and they say that's one of the best things about it. It depends on the airline, though. Having having travelled first class on one particular airline, I can tell you that sometimes it ain't all that. Oh really? Oh no! Oh no! And and some and sometimes the so the, the further the further forward you go in the plane, um, the snootier the staff become. Gary, just because you sit in the first seat in Ryanair doesn't make it first class. What? Seriously? You, you're kidding, right? That, it does. It is. That's what they told me. Oh, uh, uh, so that's I why the gone. food wasn't any good because it was yeah. right. No, I, I did actually fly first class once um, with um, a very well-known international carrier, um, and I, I've had better experiences out back, to be honest. From you know, from a, from, a, from, from a customer service point of view. I mean, where where is Outback? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's when you're hanging on to the wing, <laughs> trying not to fall. <laughs> but enough about Ryanair. Um, <coughs> dear, oh dear. And uh, okay, um, I, I, I need to get between um, that feature and the next article. So um, let me find a nice tenuous link. Like, so um, we were talking about uh, TV meals, and we then started talking about aeroplanes. So when you're on the aeroplane, it's nice to read a book. Oh, well done, uh, uh, Martin <laughs> Martin McCutcheon's novel. Um, uh, is is out and Linda Laplante has ranted against it. Uh, Heather, this is one that's got your goat this week. It has, yeah. Because um, I heard, you know, the, I heard some people talking about this on the radio as well. But it, I think that 
Um, I just think it's really, well, I, it, I find it quite depressing, actually, because, you know, we talk about, it's not as if we've never talked about celebrity authors on this podcast. I know we have mentioned it once or twice, um, but it was quite interesting Grinding to see my that, teeth already. I know, <laughs> but I was really interested to see that, you know, real authors, as it were, have come out to say that they they were really cross that, like, the top ten novels, uh, sorry, the top ten last Christmas was all celebrity autobiographies, which, of course, we did do a feature on last Christmas and maybe Linda LaPlante was listening <laughs> um, and you know that's that's put the idea into her mind but also this thing about celebrity novels that these celebrities are given a million pounds advance and yet you know people who are proper authors sometimes can't get their novels published at all or get any advance and mm-hmm. they don't write the books so of course well, as we've all known for you know t- I mean ghostwriting has been going on for um, a long time, and some also, some of the celebrities have admitted that they've not even read the book, so they're given all this money for their name. It's like a brand name, okay? So I suppose it's like perfume, where Jordan puts her name on a perfume, well she hardly comes up with the perfume, you know. And it's the same kind of thing. But I just think that's it. Just yeah, it does make me angry. I think it's really depressing, and the books are inevitably just absolute excrement as well. I mean, they're just awful. Language. <laughs> That's not a bad word. <laughs> no, that, that, that's fine. I'd just like to point out that the Helen the Hunk Up podcast would like to point out that we have no facts to say that Marty McCutcheon did not write her own book. <laughs> I bet she did too, and I bet it'll be more interesting <clears throat> than bloody Dawn French's book. No, but have I, you I read it? Plant's just jealous. That's her problem. Um, Alan, Alan, Alan Davis, who was at the who was the host for this um, big gala evening the other night, um, which was what, what was it? The Publishers Convention or something? Um, he said, um, and he asked Martine how she had found the experience of writing her novel, and she said, "Yeah, it were great." Oh, dear. <laughs> her language I'm is sure it was. her grasp of English is just like Alicia Dixon. I was going to say she's probably been listening to Alicia Dixon. I'm sure she speaks beautifully in real life. Uh, Patrick, I've read bits of that novel. I mean, you clearly haven't. It's absolutely awful. Like, oh my God! It's all about a woman who's thirty, and because she's thirty, she's realised that she's never going to make it in life, and she's reached thirty and she's not got a partner. So she decides to see if she can. Make Make it as a mistress in this great world of London life, and oh dear, it's just awful. Oh, I never considered that. Oh, yes, <laughs> that's right. It's a, it's a nice life choice. Once you reach thirty, you have to be a mistress because you can't put you know. Oh, it just looked awful. But I think um, you know, and and it made me laugh when I was reading the uh, article about this, and and the the person writing it was saying how at least the ghost writers don't have to admit to the, to writing this crap as well. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was saying that the person, it kind of, again, is a bit depressing because, you know, they get a million pounds, the celebrity. And apparently the woman who wrote Victoria Beckham's novel, I didn't even know she wrote a novel, um, they got 120000 for the writing. And they were saying, you know, that's a really good salary for, for a writer because most writers' advances are going to be like, I don't know, 20 grand, 30 grand. So they were saying it's a good salary for the ghost writer and they don't have to admit that they wrote it so it's quite good in that way yeah everybody wins 
Well, except, yeah, except, you know, poor, honest people trying to make a living writing. I don't know. And just, yeah. <laughs> there are some good books out at the moment, though. The, the, if you look at the top 25 on Amazon at the moment, there, there's some pretty good ones. And you can also see that Christmas is coming and people have obviously started buying their um, Christmas books already because um, the Gruffalo is in there. Um, there's uh, the um, Very Hungry Caterpillar is actually the 20th most purchased book on Amazon uh, this week. All of the Twilight books, I'm happy to say, are uh, in the top 25. Uh, great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so progressive. Have you read them? Have you read them? No. No. I've, I've tried. I have. I admit to owning the first one. Really? Yeah. Didn't get very far. That's not, not me yet. judging, Gary. Pardon? <laughs> I That's might try <laughs> It's kind of a bit hilarious, but the bit I've looked at, yeah. Yeah, so some, some of it is, but the story I love and uh, um, all I say is uh, go Team Jacob. So let's move on to our hero and villain of the week. And I've had difficulty thinking of a hero this week, but no problem with a villain. Uh, I'm going for John Bon Jovi because he's upset my sister. Um, and... <laughs> John Bon Jovi ate my hamster. <laughs> <laughs> did he come round to a house to upset her, or you know, was it what did he do? Tenuous he knock her around a bit, or it, did he send her a nasty letter? It was it was slightly slightly more of a long distance um, thing than that. Um, he's charging one thousand three hundred pounds for the best seats at the Docklands residency next year at the O2. Whereas before you paid like about fifty quid for a really good seat, they're charging. Nearly one and a half thousand pounds. Who does he think he is? Barbara Streisand. (laughs) (laughs) And they're doing ten days. So, I mean, they're just going to make an utter fortune out of it, aren't they? Do you think people will actually pay it, though? Um, I guess they will, if they think they can charge it. I mean, these are for the best seats, you know, the ones where you can almost um, touch um, Mr. Sambora from, from the front of the stage. Should you want to? <laughs> well, I think if you pay that kind of money, they should let you, don't you think? Um, probably. You should be able to run your fingers through John Bon Jovi's hair if you bought a ticket that's cost you one and a half grand. That's yeah. what I think. Oh, yeah. You're giving too much away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my credit card's maxed out. <laughs> Ten dates. It's cost me, <laughs> you know, nearly 15 grand. Yeah, the least, <laughs> the least you can do is, is uh, run your fingers through his hair. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we've stumbled in, into a little fancy there that we didn't mean to, but we'll... <laughs> I actually don't need, I, to be quite honest, I don't really like Bon Jovi, but your sister's obviously you a fan. You can't backpedal now, you can't backpedal now. <laughs> Is your, what's your sister going to do, Gary? Is she getting a remortgage or something? Or... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Selling one or two children, I think, is probably going to... Um, I, I have no idea. We're, we're, she, she, she's very resourceful. She'll find a way, I have no doubt. <laughs> um, I, so, so I was having problems thinking of a, um, a hero, but I guess the um, uh, the only thing I, I can really um, uh, bring to the, uh, uh, the the table, as it were, or the coffin table, um, would be that Wal- Walmart are actually making uh, death affordable now um, by bringing on um, coffins for eight hundred and ninety five dollars. Um, and the really good news is you can get them interest free for twelve months. <laughs> You're taking a bit of a gamble there, aren't you? <laughs> so have you have you actually um you know bought one or 
Um, well, I, I, I don't have a lot of room here in the flat, and, and I'm hoping I'm not going to need it for a while, so I'm going to put it off and, and, and risk not getting one yet. Where, where do you keep it? I mean, where does one keep it, do you think? Just in the loft or something? I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's one of those things that you really only buy when you need it. it, it you know... It's, <laughs> or not, but it's a bit weird, isn't it? It's very, you know. Why not just buy a funeral plan and then it's all done for you? Because yeah, surely that's the same thing, isn't it? And and you don't have to actually store your own coffin then. No. <laughs> Because <laughs> the funeral director will store it for you, as it were. So I'm sure they've done their research. There must be a market. But... Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I'm presuming it's it is for people where you know that's not been prepared in advance as it were and someone's died and you just can't afford anything so you buy it on interest-free credit and get it delivered and but then you're still going to have to pay for the whole service aren't you so i don't know or walmart have actually managed to shut down the rest of america's uh, retail outlets so they realized that the only place left to to to, to work on was 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 the death market so yes it's very well, it's true mm, it's true and also that knowing walmart they've probably got the whole big deal so you get to the shopping cart and it says would you like to buy a service you know <laughs> would you like would you like to buy a, a the sort of funeral directors to come around like to do in argos <laughs> yeah <laughs> they add all these extra bits oh. as you get to the shopping cart abide with me 24.99 at your service yes <laughs> oh gosh yeah. oh dear you can buy a choir yeah, £1,300 you get Bon Jovi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to sing a bye with me. <laughs> good, good, nice. <laughs> 50 quid you get Jedwood. Um, <laughs> uh, this is our last story of the week. Self-styled Jed Mania campaigners waved banners and played the double axe rendition of Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again from loudspeakers as they chanted about how much they love the pair. They all also projected the twins' faces onto the building where Simon Cowell's Psycho Company is based. It's great. <laughs> I love it. And according to the mirror this morning, Jed would have hit out at Simon Cowell and told him to stop being a hater. Oh, really? <laughs> I love and I love the picture of the building with all the twins' faces all over it. It's really funny. <laughs> it's it's brilliant, and it's, isn't it heat magazine? I mean, you know that there's a professional company involved in putting this together. This wasn't completely random. I mean, you you don't get uh, yeah. you don't get good projection like that unless you pay good money. And uh, the, I don't think just fans have gone out and, and done this. This is it's probably, too professional, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's Heat magazine. I'm sure it's Heat magazine who have done this. Do you think? Um, I was wondering if it was Louis Walsh. Do you think it's Heat magazine? I think it's Heat magazine. Yeah. Um, well, because if it was Louis Walsh, it would effectively then be X Factor. So uh, I don't think it's as close to home as that. But I, I, yeah. I, I, I think that it's. Um, um, and again, I'm not wishing to be overly cynical, but uh, you know. Have you seen the T-shirt, the Jed Weekend T-shirt? I, I haven't. Where do I get one? Well, I don't know, um, because um, David Cameron's bought one, and Lily Allen's been wearing one apparently. So um, I don't know where you buy them. I'm sure if you Google, you can probably get them on eBay, if nothing else. But, um, 
yeah, they obviously exist. Can you imagine David Cameron at Prime Minister's Questions time? <laughs> He'll stand up wearing his Jed Weekend t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fabulous. It would. <laughs> oh, dear. Then poor old Gordon Brown and get one for that really thick girl, I bet. Um, <laughs> just to show he was with the kids. <laughs> You could, you could imagine that at, uh, at PMQ, somebody standing up and saying, um, I'd like to ask the Right Honourable Gentleman for the opposition um, if he could possibly get the autograph of Jedward for my 14-year-old little girl. <laughs> I think they should ask him to do a rendition of Oops, We Did It Again. I did it again. <laughs> that would be brilliant. And William Hague doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, due to unforeseen circumstances, the Speaker of the House is unable to be here today, and in the place here is Jedward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, it started me watching this bloody show, which is just ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, it's actually... They're, 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 in. That's the whole point. I know. Join us on the website, www.helenahancart.com, where you can answer big questions of the week, such as John or Edward. Yay. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad to hear one of them's called John. I thought it was Jed and <laughs> Jed and Wood. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. I'm not sure you can choose John or Edward. They come as a package. And I don't know which one is which, I'm s i am have to say. It's like John's Anthony Dad. Chubbier one. John's a slightly chubbier, I've noticed. You know, Edward's okay. got a bit of a longer head. Are they, are they like Anton Deck, where one has to stand on the left and the other has to stand on the right, otherwise you don't know who they are? <laughs> That's you know a good point. Decker, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> don't try and hide it. Oh dear, well do join us on the website, www.hellinahandcart, and I think that will do it for another week. We are another week closer to the Walmart grave. The wall grave, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I don't want to be in my grave if we're going to have a John and Edward takeover. Oh. <laughs> Get rid of Gordon Brown. Now. <laughs> I know, do you want them to be Prime Minister? <laughs> oh, stop. See you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.